Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion, and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success, even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday. Joining the show today is Jordan Gaspari, the founder of Exclusive Talent Solutions. We're going to talk about the current job market, industry impacts, advice for those seeking a job, and tips for employers looking to recruit newly available talent. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank. And today I have with me Jordan Gaspari. He's the founder of Exclusive Talent Solutions out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And we're going to get into all things around the job market, what he's seeing, what employers should be doing, what job seekers should be doing, and just an overall perspective from him on some things that we can do today to prepare for your future. Jordan, thanks so much for being on, man. Frank, I am pumped to be here to talk about something I'm passionate about and one of the many people that's taken a ton of value from your content. So excited to be here, man. Awesome, man. So thank you so much. And, and yeah, I, I, we connected on LinkedIn and, and I, you know, we kind of vibed a little bit back and forth, had a call and uh, really just intrigued by what you're doing through your content. I know you're, you push out a lot of useful information. So why don't you just take a second and give the audience a little context into you know, who Jordan is and, and then what makes him tick? Yeah. So uh, lifelong recruiter, I uh, briefly went to law school and realized not my bag. Recruiting, always loved it, always been passionate about it. And I worked for one of the large companies for five, six years, the second largest in the world. Took that knowledge, took that training and paired that with my entrepreneurial spirit, like you have, Frank, to uh, start my own business exclusive in, in 2018. And we do technology, accounting and finance placement uh, throughout the country. Cool. Good. So, so expertise there, um, you know, kind of went down the road, could have been in a courtroom right now, but uh, but here (laughs) we are. So what, you know, give us a little kind of broad overview and your perspective on what's going on. I know a lot of people who are tuning in right now have either been hit by the pandemic, maybe they lost their job, maybe they've been furloughed, they they could have been back, or maybe they found a job during this. And then there's the other side of it where there's employers who have had to deal with layoffs or or maybe are now are trying to find talent. So just if you could give us the broad strokes here, what are you seeing in the market and, uh, and, and what should we be thinking about? It's a great question. So when we approach this, we're always combining the actual numbers of unemployment rates, continuing unemployment claims, um, new payrolls added. We, we monitor the ADP reports on, you know, what size companies are hiring, what skill sets they're hiring in. And then obviously we're pairing that with what we're actually seeing in the market. Um, I think what you're seeing right now is Unemployment is getting better. Uh, We're still in the midst of that rebound that started in June, July. Um, And new unemployment claims are going down. 
Uh, the report for this last week was just released. We were at about 700,000 new unemployment claims for the week. But to put that in context, that's still um, almost three, four times the normal rate, which is under normal circumstances, about 200,000 every week. So things are getting better, but as a lot of your audience knows, still, you know, uh, a lot of trudging out there. I think the main trend that we're seeing is people that are getting unemployed are either finding a new job within that first four to six weeks, or they are having significantly more trouble and they're falling on that continuing claim uh, list. So it's definitely a trend where leveraging, your, if, if you, know, you get laid off, you get fired, leveraging your network as quickly as possible because we're finding that the longer someone is unemployed, the harder it's been for them to get that next gig. Are there, now is that industry specific? Are there certain industries where you say, hey man, there's certain industries where you know it's, it's probably wake up time for some people to say, there's no coming back. And then, um, and, and if that is the case, you know, what, what uh, changing an industry for some people, maybe not the easiest thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who have been in a job for 15, 20, 30 years, and that's all they knew. And now it's like, I just lost my job. I don't, I don't know anything else. So, so I know I threw a lot at you there, but yeah, yeah is this yeah. industry specific? And you know, if it is, what should people be doing? That's a great question. And I don't want to oversimplify it, but I think it's starting with, are you in a niched in-demand skill set? So for instance, Salesforce, a lot of the cloud technology skill sets, uh, dynamics, we have seen an uptick, right? And, and the demand far exceeds the supply, uh, no matter what the, the job market looks like. So I think it's starting with you know, figuring out, am I, do I have an in-demand skill set? And if the answer to that is no, then doubling down on all the things that you and I talk about in a lot of our content, networking, communication, um, a lot of the things of relationship building with intention, with people at the companies that you actually want to work with, for, right? So I think that's the big decision. If, I, if we're oversimplifying it, it's figuring out the demand for your skill set and, and having brutal honesty about that. Not what you want the demand to be for your skill set, what the demand actually is, um, and then taking the steps to pivot. Um, because as you know, Frank, like a lot of these jobs at these companies, it, it's leveraging communication skills, analytics, you know, analytical abilities. A lot of it you can train, right? So it, I, I think for candidates out there that are looking to pivot their career, it can be a lot easier than a lot of it are making it to be. It's being intentional about getting in front of the right people and working on your communication networking skills that I think a lot of people overlook, like that's not going to make a huge difference when that, that is the game right now for a lot of people. And so when you, when you speak to that specifically, is that like, for instance, uh, I mean, being on a, a platform like LinkedIn, where there's a lot of other professionals out there. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I, I mean, I've been seeing a lot more of the kind of open to work thing that you can add to your profile with people. Yeah. So it seems like those are more and more popping up, but 
So, so someone, it's more than just, you know, getting on LinkedIn and kind of saying I'm available for work. There's the, the, the communication piece I think is important. So what, you know, again, well, let's, let's dig into job seekers a little bit. You know, people, yeah. let's assume there's a lot of people tuning in who are looking for jobs. Yeah. What is an effective way on LinkedIn specifically? Because honestly, you know, if you think of Facebook or some of these other socials, not sure if that's the best medium to be, you know, job seeking per se. Yeah. So yeah. LinkedIn, that's where it's at. Um, what, what's some, what's some things that job seekers could be doing there where they're you know, being seen or making some, something happen, but not, not stalking the HR person and making them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that I think I'm glad you asked that because that's the main thing I think I can help people with in this segment is we've all, I mean, it's so easy to consume all of the content that's on LinkedIn right now. And you can get lost randomly connecting and consuming content and you're, you'll pretty much end up right where you started. So I overuse sometimes the term intentional networking. Um, companies, and you may or may not agree with this, Frank, companies want somebody, a candidate that wants to be a part of what they're doing for organic reasons. So companies always want to feel that culture, mission, skill set align. Right. And so being intentional about finding, okay, who are the companies that I want to work for? Who are the people at those companies that I need to be networking with? And then building genuine intentional relationships starting there, as opposed to just kind of randomly drifting on, which a lot of people do. They're randomly drifting on LinkedIn. They're just kind of connecting with whoever they see in the comments section of whatever video they're watching. And that, that would be the type of networking that is not going to be as impactful. Um, so I think it starts with just literally bare basics. What, comp- what industries, what companies do I want to work for? Which ones align with what I'm trying to do? And then intentionally connecting with the right people but people don't take the time to stop and do those things. Um, So then it becomes like they're trying to boil the ocean and it becomes so overwhelming that they feel like, you know, they're just kind of running in quicksand and that that's where the job search process gets away from people. Mm. So it sounds like there's more of a strategy to it than it just kind of, you know, spray everything out there, kind of, you know, hit the connect button with a bunch of people. So maybe, and, 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 and just uh, again, cause you touched on it. I do believe in what you said. So, uh, you know, we're, we, we have a you know, culture here. We, we use a tool called the people analyzer when we hire, you know, just like we, what we expect from a teammate, how we, how we measure up and, 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 and it's a two way street we expect from them and they're going to expect from us. And, and sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out, but we'd like to think that when you come on and you want to be part of the team that you, you're, you're going to be here, you're going to help build something and yeah. it'll be fulfilled. So yeah, I totally resonate with that. So I just want to make that clear. But um, yeah, so it's the strategy piece. It seems like I think, you know, job seekers, like you kind of alluded to, you know, doing some research, you know, more than just, in, you know, connecting with other people or randomly, you know, making yeah. these relationships, being more intentional, you know, finding specific industries or, you know, doing the research on the company page and then maybe the company website and then seeing, you know, is this somewhere I could see myself? What, what do I align with? How can I bring more value here? Yeah. So, so more of a strategic pr- approach than, you know, just, 
hopefully, you know, going on Indeed and hitting the you know apply button a hundred times and, and praying for a phone call back. Exactly. That that to me, I think a lot of candidates are finding that model is dead. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like most jobs these days are not being found just by job postings. A lot of companies are putting those up and they don't even necessarily are currently hiring for those jobs. Um, And traditionally those are monitored by people that don't always have the expertise and the skill sets that they're, the job posting is about. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big area where talent acquisition needs to improve because a lot of candidates are kind of getting jerked around a little bit by just aimlessly applying all day. Um, and Frank, you and I know like prospecting is a lot more easier for sales folks, right? Like we're a lot, a lot more used to doing research, you know, and, and for people that aren't in sales or aren't in recruiting or, uh, an SDR type person, they're not as used to implementing those research, um, skills, uh, but that, it, to me, is where a lot of people can make up a ton of ground is just making sure the time they are spending is in front of the people that, you know, are going to they're going to connect with them in their mission. Mm-hmm. So, so you brought something up and, and for anyone tuning in, we're just free flowing here. So which is good because I yeah. feel like, you know, you just mentioned something that brings something else that could be important to the audience is. What is your opinion? And I have a specific opinion, but who cares about what Frank thinks right now? We're all about Jordan. What is your opinion on the importance of a resume? Because you talked about the apply button is kind of dead. You know, people just go out there and apply to 100 jobs. They don't even know what they applied to when they get a response back. So is what are your what are your thoughts on a resume? It's going to be a two-part question. I love these. And also, how, how important do you think uh, it is for the applicant to make sure that they're aware of like an applicant tracking system and how they might get filtered? That's so to you're right about the resume. I did a post a couple months ago about how the the traditional resume is just not really relevant right now. And we've actually had to have some tough conversations with some clients of ours who, you know, we had passive candidates that didn't have an updated resume and that was delaying the process. I think most of us now are just operating on your LinkedIn profile. And that's something that is, you know, more living, breathing, everybody can see. So I, I think for sure within the next six months, resumes are, are going to be obsolete within the next two years. Um, and for all applicable purposes, your LinkedIn is your resume. Um, and I, I think if you, and if you talk to like millennials and kids that are younger, a lot of them just don't even bother creating resumes. It's just all LinkedIn. So I think that'll naturally progress. Um, and then, yeah, you, you bring up a great point that I had on my bullet points is candidates understanding how the talent acquisition process works and everybody's place in the process. Um, because the antiquated job postings, there, that there's just been such a lack of success with those from employers and there's resentment growing from candidates because they're applying to so many that aren't going anywhere that that whole practice is slowly getting pushed out to the point where you could see a world where it, it you know, companies are posting their needs 
but maybe there's not a way to apply to it. And you're more just networking with the people that are in charge of those positions. Um, And the other thing is what a lot of people don't know, the person that's monitoring the applicant tracking system in a lot of these big companies is traditionally a very, is a lower paid job. It just, that's, you know, right or wrong. That's how it typically works out at a lot of these companies. So the, the system is broken when you have, you know, someone that is brand new in their career, doesn't know a lot about the skill sets that they're looking at, and they're the ones that are the gatekeeper um, to these applicant tracking systems. It, you know, you don't need to be an expert to know that that, that there's a friction point there that, that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked a little bit and focus, you know, a little, a little on the, the job seeker side. Let's Let's flip it to the other perspective as the employer, because I know that there's a lot of employers, myself included, um, that have done some hiring during this. So it hasn't all about been doom and gloom. You know, some companies are growing and and, and have a need for people. Um, and so what 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 is some advice you would give to a company that's looking for talent, some strategies that they can implement, um, and and specifically maybe around you know, how do you weed out I mean, honestly, when we put a job posting on Indeed, you know, we get several hundred people that apply uh, and we do have an applicant tracking system. So it, it now it, we, we didn't at one point, we used to get 500 yeah. and, you know, someone's going to have to sift through that. <laughs> um, yeah. So so now we do have an ATS that does a lot of that work. But, yeah. and again, for our company, how, how are we finding the best talent uh, and what are some strategies that companies could be doing to make sure that, you know, they're doing right by the person that they're looking for and of course by themselves? To, like I think right now, and this isn't typically as big of an issue, but right now a lot of companies have got to focus on their financial planning and analysis from a standpoint of getting ahead of what the demand is going to be. And that's such a moving target with COVID and it's lasted a lot longer than a lot of us hoped. But once you're to the point where like you need somebody to start in two or three weeks, you're typically caught on your heels and you're going to have to hire somebody in most cases that you wouldn't love to hire, right? You're going to want to hire, you're going to want to start the process at least six to eight weeks before you need that person to start, especially for, you know, higher level positions. So I think for companies right now, and, and again, they're, they're, I'm not an FP&A guy, but that is the most important thing is trying to figure out, all right, when are we going to need to ramp up and staying ahead of that? Um, so, you know, you're not caught flat footed. Um, and then you talk, I, I've connected with your content, Frank, because you talk so much about authenticity. And I think that for employer branding, obviously this is an oversimplification, but candidates have no expectation in this market that every employer is perfect, that every company has a perfect culture and a perfect environment. Um, They want the reality. And it's when candidates just hear all these crazy positives that they start to get a little cynical because there's part of them that's like, oh, there's no, this is too good to be true. And I think in employer branding, that's kind of been lost. Like share, you know, you're obviously you're going to highlight your positives, your opportunities for growth, but don't be afraid to share some of the challenges that you're going through that will connect with your candidate pool a lot more than I think people realize. 
Um, so that taking that on to authenticity that you and I are passionate about and extending that to an employer brand, I think will, will go a long way. Yeah. And also from the employee perspective, you, you, the employer, of course, they're looking for talent. They want the best, you know, it's kind of a, a lot of about them. They want to make sure they get the right person, but also making sure that you bring someone on and they come in eyes wide open. I, I think a lot of times yeah. it's, it's the honesty piece, even for some roles that we hire for it's, we need to be very clear. It's going to be busy. It's going to yeah. be tough. You know, you're going to be stressed out and we got your back, but it's not going to be, you know, there's, we want to set the right expectations. And I feel like, like what you said with, with employers, I'd like to think employers out there wouldn't want to someone think something and then they come in they're like, wait a minute, what happened here? So, so yeah, I think that piece of there, you know, just being open and honest as an employer, the type of, cause you're going to get the right people because maybe someone's going to look at it and say, Nope, not me, you know, don't want it. And good. That's fine. You know, don't let's not waste time on someone that isn't going to be beneficial for either party. So love, love that approach. Um, one one thing I'd, I'd like to know, you know, since we talked about so much, you know, what where are we? Because you talked about, you know, maybe the resume is going to be gone in the near future. Yeah. What what else do you see? What I'm giving you the chance. We're we're recording this. There's going to be a record <laughs> of this. What is your? What are you seeing in 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 the, in the near future? So let's just think, maybe you know, several years out. What what does the the job market look like for for you know maybe for job seekers and for employers? You know, what where's this industry going? It's a great question. I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to talk about this, Frank. You're a good guy. Um, <laughs> so I think part of why you and I do what we're doing is we see ahead of where a lot of this is going, right? You put a lot of time into your podcast, your videos, everything, and I do the same. And that doesn't always equal revenue today or tomorrow. And I think candidates need to look at it the same way of all of the things that they're doing on social, on LinkedIn, to build their presence, that is going to become the new currency, very similar to how like a Gary Vee thinks, right? It's, but on a candidate level, that is going to give candidates more and more leverage because the companies will then be looking at them for their talent, but also for how they can be an extension of their mission and their brand at scale. So that's going to take, I mean, you know, the content game takes a long time. And so a lot of candidates aren't necessarily thinking that way to invest that time and energy into it. But I know I can see a world in two, three, five years where everybody has their own little platform. Everybody's doing some sort of content just to get them out there. And companies are going to be putting a lot more stock into that than they might be now. Yeah, it's like um, it's like having a, a big corporation. It, it would behoove them to have all these little minions out there, kind of having their brand, but also being like, oh wow, you know, they work for so and so. They're doing this, and it's it, yeah, it's a halo effect, the ripple effect, whatever it is. But it's an extension of their brand, and and I think there's there's a lot of winning in there. So yeah, exactly. I'm totally with you. Um, well, where so so? Why don't you before we wrap up here? Someone's interested in whether yeah, and, and maybe you can identify you know who should be reaching out to you. So if someone wants to reach out to you, a you know I know you're a giver. I know you do a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know just because you're a great guy, but um, but from a, a business perspective, so you got Jordan, you know the giver. You know yeah. maybe you don't mind people hitting you up, but but from the business side, who should be reaching out to you, and then just let us know how to get a hold of you. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we typically service companies anywhere from 10 million to maybe a billion at the largest, any larger than that, it, it becomes a, a different model altogether. So, you know, leadership that hires from a client perspective within, you know, companies uh, in the, the 15 to 800 million range. And then for Canada, it's really anybody uh, predominantly on the West Coast, but we do do some on the East Coast as well, that is, you know, just wants tips, wants some kind of perspective. I mean, you're, you're right. We can't have everybody like, you know, but I think it's someone that has some kind of issue that isn't easily solved by, you know, going other avenues. Um, there is a lack of understanding of the recruiting and talent acquisition process. I'm always happy to help with those kind of things. And you have something in your signature line, Frank, that I love. You say, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. And I saw that and I was just like, how, if, you know, how could we all not have that type of perspective? So hopefully that gives some clarity. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so, so where, so LinkedIn, a good spot for you? Yeah. LinkedIn is where we do most of our social. So, you know, on my profile, our company page at exclusive, and then you can always check out more info on exclusive.com. But yeah, LinkedIn is, is our, uh, is our wheelhouse. So hit us up there and uh, be happy to connect. And Frank, I sincerely appreciate you having me on today, man. You bet, man. And, and you earned your way on. People <laughs> all the time and say, how, how can I be on the show? You know, it's, that's not, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had someone on the show that reached out to me and not just for any reason. Yeah. But like I, I, if you, if I want someone on the show, it's, it's because I see something and, and for anyone tuning in, definitely no matter what, um, follow Jordan's content. I mean, you do put out some great stuff. You put out some, some awesome advice. So definitely do that no matter what, but, uh, we'll link, we'll link the website. We'll, we'll link, uh, the company page and we'll link, um, your personal LinkedIn in the show notes as well for anyone tuning in. And of course we'll release this everywhere. So people will get a, a chance to get to know you, but yeah, thank you. Really appreciate you taking out the time, sharing some of your stuff. I think, um, I think we, we should probably, depending on the audience's reception or when we drop it, maybe just do a live one day too and, and see, uh, just do some more, some more free conversation because you, you brought a lot of value. And I think things change pretty quickly now. Um, yeah. So I think your perspective is very welcome. Frank, for you to have somebody, I mean, I've got 5,000 followers, right? So you're living proof that it's not just about the vanity metrics. And I appreciate the opportunity and hope everyone got some, some value out of this. No doubt, man. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to 5questionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.